This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. A new year brings new resolutions, intrepid listeners, and we hope that you're following through on them. Our goal, naturally, is to serve you. If you just hope you're ready and willing to be served tonight. Time continues to tell how we have become increasingly immersed in our own technology, dear friends. This network of information we now seem to rely on has proven a fascinating field of understanding how we interface with our own creation. It is wise, though, to remember that being ingrained in anything too long could have a rather adverse effect on the mind. Tonight, we bring you an audio find from our subterranean story vaults. The very words of a man who became caught up in the field of the electronic, realizing, perhaps too late, just how isolated he has become. on tape and not just on the computer. I guess I've, I've just noticed some odd things. It's not that I don't trust the computer. I just... I need to organize my thoughts. I, I need to get down all the details somewhere objective. Somewhere I know what I say can't be deleted or d- uh, changed. I, not that that's happened. It's just... Uh, everything blurs together here and the fog of memory lends a strange cast to everything. Um... I think maybe writing this down would be better, but, I mean, I've already started, so... I'm starting to feel cramped in this apartment. Maybe that's the problem. I just had to go and choose the cheapest apartment, the only one in the basement. The lack of windows down here makes day and night seem to slip by seamlessly. I I haven't been out in a few days because I've uh, been working on this programming project so intensively. I, I guess I just wanted to get it done... Hours of sitting and staring at a monitor can make anyone feel strange, I know, but I don't think that's it. I'm, I'm sure what I, f- I... I'm not sure when I first started to feel like something was odd. I, I can't even define what it is. I mean, maybe I just haven't talked to anyone in a while. That's the first thing that crept up on me. Everyone I normally talk to online while I program has been idle, or they're simply not logged in at the moment. Uh, my instant messages go unanswered. The last email I got from anybody was a friend saying he'd talk to me when he got back from the store, and that was yesterday. I'd call with my cell phone, but reception's terrible down here. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I just need to call someone. I'm going to go outside. 
worked so well. I'm, I'm feeling a little ridiculous for being scared at all. I looked in the mirror before I went out, but I didn't shave the two-day stubble I've grown. Uh, figured I was just going to out for a quick cell phone call. I did change my shirt, though, because it was lunchtime, and I guessed that I'd run into at least one person I knew. That didn't end up happening. I wish it did. Uh, when I went out, I opened the door to my apartment slowly. A small feeling of apprehension had somehow already lodged itself in me uh, for some indefinable reason. I chalked it up to having not spoken to anyone but myself for a day or two. I peered down the dingy gray hallway, it made dingier by the fact that it's a basement hallway. On one end, large metal door leads to the building's furnace room. It's locked, of course. There's two old soda machines by it. I bought a soda from one the first day I moved in, but it had a two-year-old expiration date. I'm fairly sure nobody knows those machines are even down here, or my cheap landlady just doesn't care to get them restocked. So, yeah, I... So, I closed my door softly and walked the other direction, taking care not to make a sound. I have no idea why I chose to do that, but <laughs> it was fun giving in to the strange impulse not to break the droning hum of the soda machines, at least for the moment. I got to the stairwell and took the stairs up to the building's front door. I looked through this door, and which has a little small window on it, and, and received quite a shock, really. I, it was definitely not lunchtime. City gloom hung over the dark street outside, and the traffic lights in the intersection in the distance blinked yellow. The dim clouds, purple and black from the glow of the city, hung overhead. Nothing moved, save the few sidewalk trees that shifted in the wind. I... I remember shivering, though I wasn't cold. Maybe it was the wind outside. I could vaguely hear it through the heavy door, and I knew it was the unique kind of late-night wind. The kind that is constant cold and quiet, save for the rhythmic music it made as it passed through the countless unseen tree leaves. <laughs> I decided not to go outside. Instead, I lifted my cell phone to the door's little window and checked the signal meter. Being in a basement means that I usually don't get crap, so I figured I'd get a better signal there. Luckily, I had full bars, so I figured, hey, time to hear someone else's voice. <laughs> it's such a strange thing to be afraid of nothing. <laughs> uh. Uh, first thing I did was call Amy. It rang once, but then it stopped. Nothing happened. I listened to silence for a good 20 seconds, then hung up. The bar's still full, so I went to dial her number again, but then it rang and it startled me. I answer, and there's this long pause. I was about to hang up when this college-age voice asked me who this is. I give him my name, and he just says, sorry, wrong number, and hangs up. Yeah, that was kind of strange. I... I checked the number, but it wasn't familiar. Then it rang again before I could recover, and it was another unfamiliar number. I went ahead and answered it anyway, but it was Amy's voice that came through. It was a relief to hear her. I mean... She said she was at a party on 7th Street. Her phone died right when I called, and she was using someone else's phone to call me back. I told her I was still cooped up in the building, how I didn't realize how late it was, and she said I should join her at this party. I said no. Well, I mean, yeah, I would have probably been fine, but I told her I didn't want to go, looking for some strange places in the middle of the night. Something about the way the outside looked? Anyway, she said she could come get me and asked if I lived close to 7th. She must have been drunk, because she knows exactly where I live, and I told her so. She figured she could always walk, but 
I told her she can if she wants to waste half an hour. Regardless, she said goodbye and hung up. <laughs> okay, so... I know that's a lot of weird little detail, but I mean... I just need to put it down. I don't know. It's probably because as soon as I put my phone down, the droning silence reasserted itself in my ears. It just drove home the aloneness. And then I had this inexplicable idea that... <laughs> that something could look in the door's window and see me. Some sort of horrible entity that hovered on the edge of aloneness, just waiting to creep up on suspecting people that stray too far from other human beings. I, I know the fear is irrational, but nobody else was around, so I, I jumped down the stairs, ran down the hallway into my room, and closed the door. Like I said, I feel a little ridiculous for being scared of nothing, and the fear is already faded. Recording all this helps. I mean, nothing's wrong. It's late. I got a call from a wrong number, and Amy's phone died, so she called me back from another number. Nothing strange is happening. God, I'm being paranoid. Still, there was something a little off about the conversation. I know it could have just been the alcohol she'd had, or was it even her that seemed off to me? Or was it... Yeah, that was it. I didn't realize it until this moment, saying these things aloud. I knew recording this would help. She said she was at a party, but I only heard silence in the background. Of course, that doesn't mean anything in particular. She could have just gone outside to make the call. No, that could be it either. I didn't hear the wind. I need to see if the wind is still blowing. Right, it's Monday. <laughs> I should have started out giving the day or something, because this is kind of like a journal, so... Okay, so the last entry was Sunday, so this is Monday's log. I forgot to finish this up last night. I'm not sure what I expected to see when I ran up the stairwell and looked out the heavy metal door's window. I'm feeling ridiculous. Last night's fear seems hazy and unreasonable to me now. I can't wait to go out into the sunlight. I'm going to check my email, shave, shower, and finally get out of here. At Wait, I think I heard something. So, it was thunder. That whole sunlight and fresh air thing didn't happen, of course. I went out into the stairwell and up the stairs, wanting to find disappointment. The heavy metal door's little window showed only flowing water, torrential rain slamming against it. Only a very dim, gloomy light filtered in through the rain, but at least I knew it was daytime, even if it was a gray, sickly wet day. I tried looking out the window and waiting for lightning to illuminate the gloom, but the rain was too heavy and I, and I couldn't make out anything more than vague, weird shapes moving at odd angles and the waves washing down the window. I turned around, but I didn't want to go back to my room. Instead, I uh, wandered further up the stairs, past the first floor and the second, the stairs end at the third floor, the highest floor in the building. I looked through the glass that ran up the outer wall of the stairwell, but it's that warped, thick kind that scatters the light, not that there was much to see through the rain to begin with. I opened the stairwell door and wandered down the hallway. The ten or so thick wooden doors painted blue a long time ago were all closed. I listened as I walked, but it was the middle of the day, so I wasn't surprised that I heard nothing but the rain outside. 
as I stood there in the dim hallway listening to the rain, I had this strange fleeting impression that the doors were standing like silent granite monoliths erected by some ancient forgotten civilization for some unfathomable guardian purpose. Lightning flashed, and I could have sworn that just for a moment, the old grainy blue wood looked like rough stone. <laughs> I laughed at myself for letting my imagination get the best of me, but then it occurred to me that the dim gloom and lightning must mean there was a window somewhere in the hallway, and I remembered that the third floor had an alcove and an inset window halfway down the floor's hallway. I must be pretty desperate because I was excited to look out into the rain and possibly see another human being. I walked over to the alcove, finding the large, thin glass window. Rain washed down it, as with the front door's window, but I could open this one. I reached a hand out to slide it open, but hesitated. I had, I had the strangest feeling that if I opened that window, I, I would see something absolutely horrifying on the other side. Everything's been so odd lately. So I came up with a plan, and I came back here to get what I needed. I don't seriously think anything will come of it, but I'm bored, it's raining, and I'm going stir-crazy. Uh, I came back to get my webcam. The cord isn't long enough to reach the third floor by any means, so instead I'm going to hide it between the two soda machines in the dark end of my basement hallway, run the wire along the wall and under my door, and put black duct tape over the wire to blend it in with the black plastic strip that runs along the base of the hallway walls. I know this is silly, but I don't have anything better to do. <laughs> I did it. Oh, Jesus. You know that feeling when you're a kid and you're afraid that there's a monster under the bed that'll grab your ankles if you get too close? You run and dive into bed and get the tingle of fear and triumph all at once? It's like a game, a challenge. Well... I kind of feel that way right now. I I propped open the hallway to stairwell door, steeled myself, uh, then flung the heavy door open and ran like hell down the stairs to my room and slammed the door. I'm watching the webcam on my computer intently, seeing the hallway outside my door and most of the stairwell, and I don't see anything interesting. I just wish the camera's position was different so that I could see out the front door. I also set up some old crummy speakers, just in case I need to talk to anyone. I doubt sound can get through my door very well, and if I want to communicate with anyone outside without opening the door or shouting through it, I can use that. Got a switch here attached to my computer mic. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's like a personal screening system. I should do this for a living, jerry-rigging this stuff together. Oh, hey, somebody's online. Right, so I got an older, less functional webcam that I had in my closet to video chat with my friend online. I couldn't really explain to him why I wanted to video chat, but it felt good to see another person's face. He couldn't talk very long, and we didn't talk about anything meaningful. But I feel much better. My strange fear has almost passed. I would feel completely better, but there was something odd about our conversation. I know that I've said that Everything seems odd, but still, he was very vague in his responses. I can't recall one specific thing he said, no particular name or 
place or event, but he did ask for my email address to keep in touch. I mean, that makes sense. Wait, I just got an email. <sighs> right, it's from Amy. She wants to meet me for dinner at the place we usually go. I do love pizza. I've been eating random food from my poorly stocked fridge for days, so I can't wait. <laughs> Again, I feel ridiculous about the odd couple of days I've been having. These teams are pretty dumb. Makes me sound like some sort of paranoid weirdo. I'll start fresh when I get back. Tape over... Huh? Another email. Oh my god. Oh my god. I almost left the email and opened the door. I almost opened the door. I almost opened the door. But I read the email first. It was from a friend I hadn't heard from in a long time, and it was sent with a huge number of emails that must have been every person he ever saved in his address list. He, it had no subject, and all it said was, Seen with your own eyes, don't trust them, they. Seen with your own eyes, don't trust them, they. What the hell is that supposed to mean? I keep going over and over them. It, is it a desperate email sent just as something happened? The words are obviously cut off without finishing. On any other day, I would, I would have dismissed it as spam from a computer virus or something, but the words, seen with your own eyes, I can't help but listen to these tapes and think back on the last few days and realize that I have not seen another person with my own eyes or talked to another person face to face. The webcam conversation with my friend was so strange, so vague, so eerie. Now that I think about it, was it eerie? Or is the fear clouding my memory? My mind toys with the progression of events I've recorded here, pointing out that I have not been presented with one single fact that I did not specifically give out unsuspectingly. The random wrong number that got my name and the subsequent strange return call from Amy, the friend that asked for my email address, I messaged him first, and I saw him online, and then I got my first email a few minutes after that conversation. Oh, oh my god. That phone call with Amy. I said over the phone, I, I said that I was within half an hour's walk of 7th Street. Uh, they know I'm near there. Uh, what if they're trying to find me? What if everyone else, where is everyone else? Why haven't I seen or heard anyone else in days? Uh, no. No. No, no, this, this is, this is crazy. This is, this is absolutely crazy. I, 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 I need, I need to calm down. This, this, this madness, this needs to end. This is stupid. This, I, I don't know what to think. I ran around my apartment furi furiously, holding my cell phone up to the, every corner to see if I got a signal through the heavy walls. Uh, it turns out I get a signal bar in the corner of my bathroom. Uh, holding my phone there, I sent a text message to every number in my list. Not wanting to betray anything, all I sent was, You seen anyone face-to-face -face lately? At this point, I just want any reply back. I don't care what the reply is or if I embarrass myself. I, I tried to call someone a few times, but I couldn't get my head up high enough. And if I brought my cell phone down even an inch, I lost the signal. Then I remembered the computer, and I rushed over to it, instant messaging everyone online. Uh, most were idle or away from their computer. Nobody responded. 
I, I got kind of frantic and I started telling people where I was and to stop by in person for a host of barely passable reasons. I didn't care about anything at that point. I just, I just, I just need to see another person. I almost tore apart my apartment looking for something that I might have missed. Some way to contact another human being without opening the door. I, I know it's crazy. I know it's unfounded, but what if? What if? I... I just need to be sure. I taped the phone to the ceiling, just in case. It's Tuesday, yeah? Tuesday. Oh, thank God it's Tuesday. Anyway, so my phone rang. I must have fallen asleep because the phone woke me up. I took it in the bathroom and stood on the toilet to get through. It was Amy, and I feel so much better. She was really worried about me and apparently has tried to contact me since the last time I talked to her. She's coming over now, and yes, she knows where I am without me telling her. I feel so embarrassed. I am definitely recording over this before anyone listens. I don't even know why I'm recording now. Maybe it's just because it's the only communication I've had at all since God knows when. I look like hell, too. I looked in the mirror before I came back in here. My eyes are sunken. My stubble is thicker. I just look generally unhealthy. My apartment is trashed, but I'm not going to clean it up. I think I need someone else to see what I've been through. These past few days have not been normal. I'm not one to imagine things. I know I've been the victim of extreme probability. I probably miss seeing another person a dozen times. I just happened to go out when it was late at night, or the middle of the day when everyone was gone. Everything's perfectly fine. I know this now. Plus, I found something in the closet last night that has helped me tremendously. A television. You can probably hear it in the background. Television has always been an escape for me, and it reminds me that there's a world beyond these dingy brick walls. <laughs> I'm glad Amy's the only one that responded to me after last night's frantic pestering of everyone. I could contact. She's been my best friend for years. She doesn't know it, uh, but I count the day we met as one of the happiest in my life. Schmaltzy, I know, but hell, no one else is going to listen to these, and I figure, hey, if I'm going to keep an audio journal, why not? I remember that day fondly. We must have spent hours sitting in that playground, even though we were too old to be there, just uh, talking with her, hanging around, doing nothing at all. Ah, there she is. That's weird. Whatever, let's test out the public address system. <clears throat> hey, Amy. There's a camera out there, between the soda machines. Go over there. Hey, can you hear me? Yep. Uh, there's a mic built into the camera. Can you hear me? Sure can. Are you talking through your own mic? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's kind of like my own personal PA system. It's weird, I know. I've had a weird few days. <laughs> Must have. Open the door, John. John? Hey, humor me a second. Um, tell me one thing about us. Just prove to me you're you. Excuse me? Please. Uh, alright. Um, we met randomly at a playground when we were both too old to be there. Ha! <laughs> there you go. Are you alright? Uh, don't worry, I'll explain everything. Uh, be right there. Sure. And there you go. I was being ridiculous, but it's all good. God, I wish this place wasn't such a mess, though. Wait. 
No, I know it was off before. Yeah. So, I, she couldn't have... No. No! No, just... John? John, what's going on? Open the door! Everything! It hurt! Everything! God damn it! No, go away! Go away! Go away! John, please, what's wrong? Every single thing on there could have been accessed by a network, or worse, altered. I'm a programmer, I, I know. Every little piece of information I gave out since this started, my name, my email, my location, none of it came back from outside until I gave it out. I've been going over and over what I recorded on these tapes. I've been pacing back and forth, alternating between stark terror and overpowering disbelief. Sometimes I'm absolutely certain some phantom entity is dead set on the simple goal of getting me to go outside. Back in the beginning, with the phone call from Amy, she was effectively asking me to open the door to go outside. <clears throat> I'm... I'm such an idiot. I... I should have checked. I know she couldn't hear me through the door when, when I said those things about the day we had. Uh, no one else in the world knew about it, and the tapes are standalone. I had the PA off what I recorded. I know I did. It, I, it, it takes a trigger. It takes a trigger key to turn on the mic. It, no, it, it was the webcam. That shoddy webcam I used to talk to my friend days ago. It was still connected to my computer. It was running just on standby. It saw me recording. It heard the words I said. I, I asked her for the any one thing about us. And she chose the only thing in the world that I thought they or it did not know. But it did. It did know. It could have been watching me the whole time. I... Keep running through it in my head. One point of view says I've acted like a madman, and all of this is the extreme convergence of probability. Never going outside at the right time is by pure luck. Never seeing another person by pure chance. Getting a random nonsense email from some computer virus at just the right time. The other point of view says the extreme convergence of probability is the reason that whatever's out there hasn't gotten to me already. I, I, I keep thinking... I never opened the window on the third floor. I never opened the front door. Until that incredibly stupid stunt with the hidden camera after which I ran straight to my room and slammed the door. I haven't opened my own solid door since I flung open the front door of the building. <laughs> Whatever's out there, if anything's out there, never made an appearance in, my, in the building uh, before I opened the front door. Maybe the reason it wasn't in the building already 
was that it was elsewhere, getting everyone else. And then it waited until I betrayed my existence by trying to call Amy. A call which didn't work until it called me and asked me my name. It's... God, that email. Was it from someone trying to get word out? Some friendly voice desperately trying to warn me before it came? Seen with my own eyes, don't trust them. Exactly what I'd, I've been so suspicious of. It could have masterful control of all things electronic, practicing its insidious deception to trick me into coming outside. Why can't it get in? It knocked on the door. It, it must have some solid presence. The, the door, the image of those doors in the upper hallway as a guardian monolith flashes back to my mind every time I trace the paths of my thoughts. If there is some phantom entity trying to get me to go outside, maybe it can't get through doors. I keep thinking back over all the books I've read or movies I've seen, trying to generate some explanation to this. Doors have always been such intense foci of human imagination, always seen as wards or portals of special importance. Or perhaps the door is just too thick? I know that I couldn't bash through any of the doors in this building, let alone the heavy basement ones. Aside from that, the real question is, why does it even want me? If it just wanted to kill me, it could do it in any number of ways, including just waiting until I starve to death. What if it doesn't want to kill me? What if it had some far more horrific fate in store for me? God, what can I do to escape this nightmare? Shit. told the people on the other side of the door, I need a minute to think, and I'll come out. I'm really just recording this so I can figure out what to do. At least this time, I heard their voices. My paranoia, and, and yes, I recognize I'm being paranoid, has me thinking of all sorts of ways that their voices could be faked electronically. There could be nothing but speakers outside stimulating human voices. Did it really take them three days to come talk to me? Amy is supposedly out there along with two policemen and a psychiatrist. Maybe it took them three days to think of what to say to me. The psychiatrist's claim could be pretty convincing. If I decide to think that this has all been a crazy misunderstanding and not some entity trying to trick me into opening the door. The psychiatrist has an older voice. Authoritarian, but still caring. I, I like it. I'm desperate just to see someone with my own eyes. He said I have something called cyberpsychosis, and I'm just one of a nationwide epidemic of thousands of people having breakdowns triggered by a suggestive email that got through somehow. I swear he said got through somehow. I think he means spread throughout the country inexplicably, but I'm incredibly suspicious that the entity slipped up and revealed something. He said I am part of a wave of emergent behavior that a lot of other people are having the same problem with the same fears, even though we've never communicated. That neatly explains the strange email about eyes that I got. I didn't get the original triggering email, I got a descendant of it. My friend could have broken down, too, and tried to warn everyone he knew against his paranoid fears. That's how the problem spreads, the psychiatrist claims. I could have spread it, too, with my texts and instant messages online to everybody I know. One of those people might be melting down right now after being triggered by something I sent them. Something that might interpret any way that they want. Something like 
text saying, seen anyone face-to-face lately? The psychiatrist told me that he didn't want to lose another one, that people like me are intelligent, and that's our downfall. We draw connections so well that we draw them even when they shouldn't be there. He said it's easy to get caught up in paranoia in our fast-paced world, a constantly changing place where more and more of our interaction is simulated. (laughs) I... I have to give him one thing. It's a great explanation. It neatly explains everything. It it perfectly explains everything, in fact. I have every reason to shake off this nightmarish fear that something, something or consciousness or being out there wants me to open the door so it can capture me for some horrible fate worse than death. It would be foolish, after hearing that explanation, to stay in here until I starve to death, just despite the entity that might, might have got everyone else. It would be foolish to think that After hearing that explanation, I might be one of the last people left alive in our empty world, hiding in my secure basement room, spiting some unthinkable, deceptive entity just by refusing to be captured. It's a perfect explanation for every single strange, stupid thing I've seen or heard, and I have every reason in the world to let all of my fears go and open the door. And that's exactly why I'm not going to do it. How can I be sure? How can I know what's real and what's deception? All of those damn things with their wires and their signals that originate from some unseen origin. They're not real. I can't be sure. Signals through a camera, faked video, deceptive phone calls, emails, even the television lying broken on the floor. How can I possibly know it's real? It's just signals, waves, and lights, and and, and the door... It's bashing on the door. It's trying to get in. What insane mechanical contrivance could be using to simulate the sound of men attacking a heavy wood so well? At, at least I'll finally see it with my own eyes. There's nothing left here for it to deceive me with. I've ripped apart everything else. It can't deceive my eyes, can it? See through your own eyes. Don't trust them. They... Wait. Was that desperate message telling me to trust my eyes? Or warning me about my eyes, too? Oh my... Oh my god, what's the difference between a camera and my eyes? They both turn light into electrical signals. They're the same. I can't be deceived. I have to be sure. I have to be sure! I've calmly asked for paper and pen. Day in and day out. It wouldn't give in, of course. (laughs) Not that it matters. I mean, what am I going to do? Poke my eyes out? Just wanted one last chance to write legibly, just in case. Before my blindness makes my hands forget how to do it. The bandages feel like part of me now. The pain is gone. I think it must have heard my tapes by this point, because it gave me this one to record with. I figured this might work, but I mean, who's to say it can't manipulate sound now? It did it before, but it's all I can do. Self-indulgence, relic of another time, because I'm certain everyone left in the world is dead, or something far worse. I sit against the padded wall day in and day out. The entity brings me food and water, masks itself as a kind nurse, as an unsympathetic doctor. I think it knows that my hearing has sharpened considerably now that I live in darkness. It fakes conversations in the hallways on the off chance that I might overhear. One of the nurses talks about having a baby soon. 
one of the doctors lost his wife in a car accident. None of it matters. None of it is real. None of it gets to me. Not like she does. And that's the worst part. The part I almost can't handle. The thing comes to me masquerading as Amy. Its recreation is perfect. It sounds exactly like Amy. Feels exactly like her. It even produces a reasonable facsimile of tears that it makes me feel on its lifelike cheeks. When it first dragged me here, it told me all the things I wanted to hear. It told me that she, she loved me. That she'd always loved me. That it didn't understand why I did this. That we could still have a life together if only I could stop insisting that I was being deceived. It wanted me to believe. No, it needed me to believe that she was real. I almost fell for it. I really did. I doubted myself for the longest time. In the end, though, it was all too perfect, too flawless, all too real. The false Amy used to come every day and then every week and finally stopped coming altogether. But I don't think the entity will give up. I think the waiting game is just another one of its gambits. I will resist it for the rest of my life, if I have to. I don't know what happened to the rest of the world, but I do know that this thing needs me to fall for its deceptions. If it needs that, then maybe, just maybe, I am a thorn in its agenda. Maybe Amy is still alive out there somewhere, kept alive only by my will to resist the deceiver. I hold on to that hope, rocking back and forth in my cell to pass the time. I will never give in. I will never break. I am a hero. Well, are you satisfied? This one has resolve. Yes, but he is clearly delusional. He continues to resist any and all mental treatment. It's impressive, but ultimately useless. Clearly delusional and mentally unsound. Indeed. After all, a sane man would have fallen for the deception long ago. It cannot last. You will go to a cell, puppet, and tell him again that nothing is wrong and he is not being deceived. This episode does not make you too paranoid, intrepid listeners. Your bravery has carried you this far before, but it is a scary thought when you wonder what truly is real and what is simulated sometimes. It can be hard to tell the difference. Well, at least as long as you don't have nerve filaments wrapped around your head and into your eyes turning you into a mindless drone for some unknowable, malignant force. <laughs> until then, be wary of your doubts. And until next we convene, pleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight Marinera is a bi-monthly podcast written, produced, directed, and mixed by David King. This episode features the voice talents of David King, yes, hi, me again, Caleb Berry, and Matt Hawley. Psychosis is based on the original short story by Matt Dimersky. 
You can keep tabs on his work by checking out his blog at mattdimersky.com. Comments? Suggestions? Information about how many times one must knock on that odd little door in the basement to gain entry? Please feel free to leave feedback wherever you listen to this. Email us at midnightmarinera at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter or Tumblr. And hey, if you want to contribute a little something to the show other than time, blood, sweat, or spirit contracts, consider becoming a patron and supporting Midnight Marinera's Patreon page with a small monthly donation. Thanks for listening.